0: There, welcome to the show. Hello, episode 13. That's a that's like bad luck, though.
1: Yeah, but like, who cares? It's like opposite world with most stuff we do, so it's probably gonna be great luck for us.
0: Isn't it crazy how truly, if you go to hotels, they do not have a 13th? That is so funny to me.
1: It's hilarious. What, who's the comedian who says? But people on the 14th floor, you know what floor you're really on.
0: (laughs) And it's true. I
1: I can't remember who said it, but it's such a good joke.
0: And how could it be so widespread, this superstition, that entire buildings are built around
1: it? Could you imagine? I saw something online, and you know, what can you believe on there, uh, that said, or that linked... The superstitions around the number 13 to like the patriarchy and how this had something to do with being like against women.
0: You know what? It Mm -hmm. tracks.
1: Yeah. It tracks.
0: (laughs) Totally. Right? So funny. Oh, okay. Well, today's episode of things we got wrong. We are diving into, I think it was like episode 21, maybe a brain candy. Mm -hmm. When we talked about comedy. Oh, Ooh, I uh-huh. love this? Do you remember we had guest Bill Dixon on the show? Yes, oh, he was so our funny. guest on that episode. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to it again or not? I did not because I thought we would do one about animals, which came before. Oh, that. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some on that too. That's true. Okay, yeah, that's true. I <laughs> to be honest with you, that's we didn't really get that much wrong,
1: <laughs> right?
0: On the animals you know, one, so I just like, oh, okay, we'll just...
1: Yeah, I will say what I got wrong was was giving my ex-husband too much credit in uh, uh, <laughs> the amount of free time he had to take care of the dog. Now I'm like, what the fuck was this my responsibility? I so, I'm not standing for that ever again.
0: Yeah, I don't in care that, who
1: <laughs> makes the most money. In that episode, though...
0: Didn't you say, like, he's away a lot? Yeah. Well, that's true. He was away a lot.
1: Yeah. But like,
0: you, can, when you're here, come on. <laughs> yeah, because when I had a newborn who was kind of like an animal, totally. um, Adam was working on Dance Mom, so between three and four days a week, he wasn't even home. He was away um, traveling. And then he'd get home, and he was so tired, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh, no. <laughs> Are you crazy? Because yeah. I was with this child by myself and getting a doctorate. Oh, I'm tired. I don't know how. You, I don't know how you did it.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Because
0: in his mind, he didn't see it as like a break. Because he was working. But like, if you can sleep through the night, that's a right. break, right, my friend? Right. Anyway, enough about me. So that's what you got wrong is that you sort of like let your partner off the hook a little bit with the yeah. dog rearing. <laughs> yeah, I think you were also wrong. You won't admit it, probably, but you're wrong about
1: dog sweaters. <laughs> what that they're not that they're ridiculous. You hate them, yeah. yeah. I, I do hate them, but now this is this is crazy. After being in the cold, I do understand that some dogs actually fucking need. You know what, Bo? Bo, I can't have her walk outside when it snows after people have used the, um, salt because yeah. it gets stuck in her pot. So I, yeah. I actually consider getting her the little dog booties. Yeah. They, you got to get those. I think that, I, I it thought it burns I, them. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I now I see, okay. So some things aren't just people being crazy. Sometimes it's people <laughs> actually, the dog actually needs this,
0: but Sarah, I am all for dog fashion, not function. I don't even care. If they need it or not, it is hilarious when dogs wear clothes. I have a
1: friend who's a vet, and uh, <laughs> she has an adorable dog that is a wow. I can't remember what kind. It's like the. It looks like a Weimaraner, but it's like red colored. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. But they're they're beautiful dogs. A kind of red tan color, and this dog is like one of those dogs that likes to to dig and be go, you know, it's a burrowing dog or whatever you call it. Like a yeah. fox under, like you know, uh-huh. foxes. And so it likes to be bundled up, it likes to be under the covers, and it also likes to wear pajamas. And so oh this my dog God. has like a pajama like once he it's I, I will send you photos because it is adorable.
0: Yeah, it is. And like picture this bow in overalls. <gasps> Stop it! <laughs> what if we had matching overalls? Ah! Okay, now I'm in. Yeah, that, that is so funny. I got that wrong. Okay, good. Thank you for admitting. Okay. It.
1: okay. Did now we get anything else
0: wrong though? Like, were we no. messed up on the animals at all?
1: I really did. I I liked that it was kind of like our. It, I felt like it was the uh the the moment when you and crows fell in love. I know. Yeah. Susie, Susie, then, like, after that ap- episode, just talked about how she wanted to be best friends with a crow. And then, like, yeah. put actual effort into trying to make crows her friends at her old house in L.A. And so yeah. I was like, oh, this is their This was the origin. The- yes, the love story. Yeah, the seed, the-, the bird seed, if you
0: will. <laughs> yes, the genesis of my love of crows. Mm-hmm. We could listen to it. And it is yeah. so funny because... Now it's sort of like people constantly send me crow content and it's become like part of my whole thing, I guess, my brand. And I, I remember certain moments on the show when I would learn a word that now I'm so embarrassed because I hear it all the time. I remember you taught me the word shapeshifter. This was a new word to me in one of our episodes. And I was like, what does that mean? And you were like, well, you know, like where you can kind of become a form into a new being or whatever. And, and that you taught me that. And of course now I hear it all the time.
1: Wow. How did I miss that for 35 years? You taught years? me like a thousand words, million, no. billion. No. And you, let, let me tell but you, none what, of them are like a basic word, but also here's the thing that, that, that I recognize, I realized that cause you didn't do it in person until all, I realized that I got it wrong. And I was like, Hey, how come you didn't correct me that I said a word wrong when we were like hanging out and you were so nice to like not say anything. I was like, "Wait a sec, that's not the right word." And I said, "Why didn't?" And you're like, "I know." I was like, "Why didn't you say something?" I think you probably let it go on the show too, where I maybe say a wrong word or say like, "Don't do that." Oh, okay. Tell, be like, "That's not a word," or "That's not the right word." I think what you mean is da 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 da.
0: I get I was... so many words mispronounced though, because if you've only read it right, then totally. you don't always know how yeah. to pronounce it, and it's
1: is a little bit embarrassing, so I wouldn't yeah. want to put. Oh no! Somebody call me through. out. I don't want to be like what's her name, Miss Malaprop over here.
0: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> All I right. think that's
1: a pretty ac- a pretty good re- literary reference. I just pulled out. If I am using that yeah. properly, and if yeah. I'm not, then that would also <laughs> fair game. Makes
0: sense. So okay. Well, t- sometimes what I will do, not just with you, with anybody, is I'll just repeat it back, but say it the right way, and maybe they catch it.
1: Oh, yeah, love that. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay. I'll like do that. that. What, and then I'll, wait, I'll realize. That. Do
0: you mean recently you said a word wrong and I didn't correct it, you?
1: It was when we were, I, I said, we were talking about something. I'm like, I don't think that's the right word that I want to use. Oh. We were like in, I don't know what we were talking about. It doesn't even matter. Oh, who cares? Um, we were probably yeah, drunk. Totally.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I'll tell you, if you don't want to get drunk, but you do want to take the edge off, I highly recommend Next Evo Natural CBD. Oh, this is Susie. Like yeah, so you were
1: like, what are we talking about? Oh, next Eva's got yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, oh, what helps me take the edge off? I was like, we could go anyway with this. <laughs> I took your advice, well, really your mom's advice, on the sleep. The, well, oh, yeah. Using the sleep gummies that just helped me fall asleep. Yeah. But I noticed I was having, I don't know what it was, But I kept waking up like three o'clock in the morning and then not being able to get back to bed. And uh, I'm not about that.
0: Sometimes that happens to me if I do have a glass of wine or something. Yeah. They do say that can disrupt like the length of your sleep.
1: Yeah. So that's a great option. So I just use the extended release ones, the sleep ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it really,
1: really works.
0: Yeah. You get the CBD, but it's like, over the whole night. So if you do have to get up to use the bathroom or something like that, you just can go right back to night night. But like Sarah said, they do have the gummies and they have the um, SmartSorb uh, patented technology that makes it absorb mm-hmm. faster and more effectively. Um, clinically proven to reduce stress by up to 70% and improve concentration by 50%. Come
1: on. I love it. I mean it's that's great.
0: the ones you take in the day. Obviously,
1: like if you're trying yeah. to go to sleep, you don't stress, right? You don't want to be concentrating, concentrating. right? But anyway, make I DVD. have both of the bottles right next to my bed, and I yeah. it's like my, you yeah, know, I think of it as like the one side of the mushroom makes this you bigger, one side yeah. makes you smaller. It's like this one for sleep, this one just to like take the edge off of yes. being a human for life. Yeah, and yeah, it's great. Make CBD
0: a part of reaching your full potential with Nextevo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com slash podcast. Use promo code WRONG. Get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off uh, $40 or more at com slash podcast with code WRONG. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the crows thing is so funny. That was the genesis of that love affair that continues Mm -hmm. to this day. Um, Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good episode. We didn't yeah. mess up too much. No, it's pretty good. Animals,
1: pretty much the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I do have a few corrections before we get into comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to set the record straight, Sarah, because oh. you <laughs> doing our conspiracy episode and the last couple, you were referring to like how you have always believed in aliens, and that I was like, what? And I thought that was so weird because. I always have been open to aliens, so I was surprised I would have reacted that way. Mm-hmm. So I went back and listened, and uh-huh. I do want to clarify that what I uh, reacted that way to was specifically you saying, "Who do
1: you think built the pyramids?" <laughs> and and then like, so like, matter of fact, like, come, like, <laughs> come on, dummy!
0: And uh, you go, how do you think that? the pyramids were built. And I'm like, I think those guys did a great job. <laughs> and you were like, well, I think it was aliens. And I was like, what? And so it was specifically yeah, the <laughs> aliens built the pyramids. How do you think the pyramids were made? I think those guys really did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think they were made? Aliens. Probably.
1: Come on. I'm, I don't think, I think it's a joke how we think people carried those freaking stones. I'm still not quite sure. I'm still, I don't know. You think they may have? I don't know. I I feel like there could be a technology that was available and then lost. There's just too many, there's a lot of mysteries of the pyramids. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I say, I don't think it was aliens, so we still disagree yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so I got to clarify that. That's fair. Also, my goodness, I, coincidentally, you had been talking on that conspiracy episode about the some documentary that the heir to the Procter & Gamble fortune had made. Um, I think it may have been about chemtrails or... Something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And he was trying, he left his family business and all the money Mm -hmm. and to pursue this other thing. And at that time, it was seen as sort of like this noble uh, act. However, Mm -hmm. I just read this article separately about these conferences where you can buy like essential oils, convention, I should say, essential oils or like homeopathic stuff. And then, of course, you have like QAnon. Weirdness—it's sort of like all the fringe weirdos, yeah, from Peg to Sally. You know, just sort yes. of everybody that's on the outside outskirts of normal thinking. <laughs> and he is one of the speakers at these things, and apparently he espouses a lot of white supremacist, oh no, viewpoints. Which there is a lot of overlap with like the Ugh. New World Order and all the Jewish stuff, and so he's not Mm always cracked up to be. So good to know about that. Who would have guessed? Um, and I guess that's it. I did notice also, do you remember in the Oliver episode, it was about, you know, predictions for 2016. We did dead name, uh, Caitlyn Jenner a couple times. Um,
1: say that again. Cut out in the
0: um, predictions about 2016. Oliver, when Oliver was a guest, Uh, um, we did dead name Caitlyn Jenner a couple times. mm. So I just we were we did pretty well with like pronouns and Mm -hmm. and everything was pretty respectful. But at that time, I don't think I was aware of like even the concept of dead naming Mm -hmm. and how that is hurtful.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something we've got wrong and something we've learned and and yeah.
0: We've learned from that. Um, I was just thinking also about how uh, Lincoln's getting into, like, Adam Sandler humor because he's bit Of course. Age. And
1: he oh, was... Oh, this is very funny. Okay, this is good to know. Adam Sandler is... 10 years old. <laughs> 10 to 13. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Especially,
0: sense. Especially, like, the the boob stuff is too oh, old my for God. him. And Adam had to turn it off. But... The crude stuff is, like, right up his alley. But anyway, they were watching Billy Madison, which is the one where Adam goes from kindergarten to graduation and whatever. And I was thinking Mm -hmm. about how people constantly say to us, you know, I can't believe you played the I Hate Tanya game on Inferno 3. Like, that's so awful. Um, Or, you know, you did this on this show 15 years ago, and how dare you? and. I guess I see it kind of like I would never look at a kindergartner like Uh the mistakes they made and be like, you're in in 12th grade now. I can't believe you did that back when you were in kindergarten. And it's like, well, of course they did. They didn't know these things yet because they were still in kindergarten. Right. And so that's how it feels with all these like Old accusations constantly being read oh,
1: yeah.
0: like no matter how what grade you're in, mm-hmm. you're still being scolded for not knowing multiplication in kindergarten.
1: Absolutely, and especially because I would argue that the age that you go on reality television 18 to 25, is emotional kindergarten.
0: Yes, it is, and I would like anyone else to really reflect and be honest about how they may have said things at that age that they wouldn't say now because it's
1: you've learned for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah.
0: So, I guess I again want to take the opportunity right. to say I think that game was so mean and hurtful and unnecessary and um cruel.
1: Mhm. Mm. And
0: I certainly wouldn't do it now and um yeah. I do apologize for it, and I apologize for a lot of stuff I did, not just on television, right, in my life that I would never do now.
1: Yeah, that's so, it.
0: I just wanted to say that
1: there's so this is this is something I'll 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 you know I never think I'm going to talk about these things on on these kind of podcasts, but uh, <laughs> in my work as a therapist, I have a. Um, Poem, I guess you can kind of call it a poem or like a story, I guess, that um, letter, almost like a letter to yourself, that's written by this uh, famous therapist named Virginia Satir. And it's called I Am Me. And it starts off like, I am me. In all the world, there's no one exactly like me. There are persons who have some parts like me, but no one adds up exactly like me. Therefore, everything that comes out of me is authentically mine because I alone choose it, blah, blah, blah. Then they're down as, uh, towards the bottom. It says, however, or however I look and sound, whatever I say and do, whatever I think and feel at any given moment and time is me. This is authentic and represents where I am at that moment in time. When I review it later, uh, when I review later how I looked and sounded, what I said and did, and how I thought and felt, some parts may turn out to be unfitting. I can discard that which is unfitting and keep that which proved fitting and invent something new for that which I discarded, saying that we get an opportunity to look, that is exactly what being a person is all about. You do the thing, you have a, a response to it, you look back on it, and go, Oh, that was unfitting i 'm going to let go of that i 'm going to replace that with something else yeah, and that 's exactly what you did, and I just yeah. think that 's a good reminder, and i love I love that that. Um, so you know when when I, it's a good one that I have clients often read over and over until you know different sessions until I start to really understand it and believe it and, and hear it as as you can tell when people read things and it just like they go oh yeah
0: well I always fact. um. I think of the Bible verse too. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became an adult, I put away childish things. Mm. And so we all mess up sometimes. I probably still do childish things sometimes. But Mm -hmm. in general, like we will learn and grow. And ideally, we put aside those things and we take on new things. Um, To me, it's sort of evidence of like, the the accuser, the person that's like mad about it. Yeah. That's more about their story, where they are. Yeah. And what 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 causes a reaction in them, Mm -hmm. what upsets them. It really isn't even about me. Because I feel if I were still doing that, we could have that conversation. But I haven't you know, played that game in fifteen years. <laughs> right.
1: So i I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and I saw this. You know, all the things I follow are like therapy stuff and all those kind of things, yeah, mental health things. And there was a great little post about how we experience things and and the three levels of the experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So level one is the facts, what actually happened. Level two, then there's the the awareness that we have of how we are in the moment, how we're responding. Oh, look at me, I'm getting really angry right now. That's like the bird's eye view watching. Oh, look at me, I'm real sad. Oh, wow, this is something I really enjoy, whatever it may be. Uh, that other person's... Ma- and then there's the story that we yeah. tell about... Like when you kind of combine those things, our awareness of what's going on and our response to the facts, that story is going to be different for everyone.
0: Not only that, but the story can change over time.
1: 100 The narrative is not set or fixed. 100%. And, and when, think about yes. when
0: you become an adult and you think back on your childhood and things that you were maybe okay with, you think, oh my gosh, that was screwed up.
1: Right. None it's of the exactly facts have the changed. Change. The facts right. are the same. The details of the situation have changed. you changed. Oh, have not changed. Sorry. Your awareness of it. Maybe you see through an adult lens now, right. which then changes the story about it. Right. And that is the thing that, that we are most affected by is the story. So when I th- hear about those people who are still holding on to those things or making those comments or can't recognize that this is like, a, a, you know, emotional kindergarten version of Susie mm-hmm. in front of a fricking PhD now, you know, then they have a story that they've created about that, whatever that is, that, that fits something in, in, in their um, awareness and that's their thing that's on them to deal yes. with their story you are responsible for your story if you if something you see is pissing you off the actions of somebody else making you all angry it's not on that other person to stop doing whatever the fuck they're doing that that good luck good luck changing making the other person stop doing what they're doing it's really on us to change the story to be like oh i don't need to worry about this or this isn't something that whatever it may be.
0: Well, and that can feel burdensome.
1: Yes. Like, oh,
0: now I got to do all this work. Or it can feel empowering because you can choose a lens through which you mm-hmm. see that story and you can actually choose right. grace right, and like compassion. Yeah. And yes. that's freeing.
1: Yeah. You know, I love that you say like you can look at it as like, ooh, this is either work or or it's empowering because, you know, I'll often relate, uh, the, the work in therapy is like, kind of like going to a personal trainer and how like a hundred pounds is a hundred pounds. And we just, it, it, it never gets easier. You just get better at picking it up. And I can imagine it's the same kind of approach. Like, Oh man, I could look at this hundred pound weight in front of me as work, or I could look at it as something that I like can't wait to like try to lift up and overcome and like Say I did it, like accomplished, and it's a different approach, which will get a different outcome.
0: Mm-hmm. And believe me, I see all of the experiences from you know my whole life, but also from the show, through a totally different lens now. Totally, and I can see myself as the hero and the villain. They can all be true at Mm -hmm. the same time because people are multitudes. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) so you're a person. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just had been thinking about that because what if, you know, my son Mm. learns his division, long division, and then I'm like, I cannot believe you didn't know that three years ago.
1: Right. Right. Well, I just had this conversation with my supervisor just the other day because I was like talking about how that is something I see. Over and over is people just being so hard on themselves for mm-hmm. not knowing the thing. What they know that, now. What they know now. Yeah. And, like, and I was like, how do I get people to to be kinder to themselves and recognize? Yeah, have mercy. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> and really, we should be thinking, wow, thank goodness I learned this now instead of 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, thank goodness I got here when
0: I did I think it's very hard, though, as a viewer, when you're watching it right now, and they, in their life, it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's asking a lot for them to do the work of, like, contextualizing mm-hmm. a dumb show.
1: Yeah. Almost in the same way, like, I, I Steve Carell said that The Office would not fly now.
0: No, but I wish it would. Because it's,
1: so <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. No, it's so funny. But I watched I some parts I'm like what oof, you mean, that's but... that's oof, that's a little cringe. That's not okay. But like yeah, we just we I'm torn about and... that though,
0: because I, I guess what I wonder because I feel like that about friends and stuff like that too. Yeah. I mean Will and Grace. Have all kinds of jokes Yeah, <laughs> they have all yeah. kinds of jokes that are questionable. But you know how like you might see a movie and it's about a homicidal maniac? It's not as if we're endorsing the homicidal maniac right, just because right. we're consuming it. Right. So, <laughs> I guess there's different rules when it's about language or being politically correct, and I'm not sure why. It's like something I have to process and think yeah, about. I'm yeah. Like, why is that off limits, but that's not. Yeah. And I'm not sure. That's well, I guess right. that's a good segue. Yes. Um, to talk about our comedy thing, and first I want to say. One uh, childish thing that I do not have anymore is perfect, beautiful, baby like skin.
1: Oh god, and tell so me about I it. have
0: to rely on my I just put away my childish skin and I have <laughs> this new old lady skin. And thanks to Dime, we have Says. luxurious magical creams and motions, potions and what do they call that? Pot- and lotions and potions. and
1: potions. Yeah. I I feel like a, an not not like we should all strive for this, but I feel like hey, a fancy lady, but also you know like an influencer. Like when I'm like yeah. rubbing it and and like you know like you see these women who like have like the good bathroom routine and they're like with their headbands <laughs> on and like putting all the serums on. And now I, I am one of those ladies, and mm-hmm. I'm just not videotaping it. But <laughs> oh man, like it feels so nice to give it myself nice. the time. To, in a way, help me transition to bedtime, but yeah. also with some added benefits. <laughs> oh my God. Is it so luxurious for like not a luxury price tag, which is my favorite, favorite thing.
0: So affordable, really nice serums and creams to help your skin. And it's, this is clean stuff. This is not like chemical city. Mm-hmm. This is, oh my gosh, put it all over. And... um I just found out their perfumes are the clean kind that don't have those toxic, whatever the heck, those things that start with a P are called. Yeah. And, um, I'm psyched because I love perfume, but I've always been torn because it's like basically
1: toxic. Oh my God. I didn't even know that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so it's hard to find clean perfumes, but they have them. So I ordered a bunch. I'm going to try them all out. You can get a sampler.
1: I love a sampler. I love especially a sampler. With too. Perfume. Oh, I want this now. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, when
0: you try these products out, make sure you use our code WRONG for 20% off your entire order. And remember, Dime also provides free shipping on orders over 75 bucks. If you haven't tried Dime Beauty yet, make sure you do. It's dimebeauty.co. No, dimebeautyco.com. And then I'll put the whole long link in our Instagram, but it's dimebeautyco.com. Nice. Okay. So, anyway. The comedy episode, it was just a joy to listen to because I think I mentioned it to you, Sarah, because I was, I think I texted you and I said, I'm, I've just been thinking about you because I just listened to this episode from back in the day. And like, we were, we had so much fun and like, we, it, it really struck me how hard life has been since then. Oh. With yeah. everything. Yeah. Like m- motion. Right, right. Yeah. Waves,
1: arms in the air. Yeah. And we were like
0: high on life, man. Oh, God. Laughing like crazy lunatics at nothing. Right. It wasn't even that funny. Right. And you were in hysterics. Oh, I can't and wait to listen fun. to that. It's fun to listen to because I was like, okay, I got to get her back. Not uh, just you, like, but like, we yeah. Gotta, bring back that Get back joy. to
1: that yeah
0: we're, you know, things have gotten so sad, but yeah. in the episode, you asked <sighs> Bill, who was our guest about something you had seen on Bill Maher, mm-hmm. where he said, and you had heard Jerry Seinfeld concur that it's hard to do gigs at um, colleges and universities because everyone's so sensitive now and wants everything to be so, like Mm -hmm. you just said, so, um, PC and like inclusive and it's, there's nothing really funny about that. Right. And so you were asking him if he kind of agreed and it was sort of about cancel culture, but that wasn't a, right. We didn't
1: have, we didn't know the words for it. Let's hear what Sarah had to say back then. I was listening to Bill Maher talk and Jerry Seinfeld has said this too, that they don't want to play colleges anymore because oh, yeah. everybody's become like so fucking PC yeah. and like the audience can't take a joke. And like you can't say anything without somebody being like offended by it. And right. not understanding that kind of like the whole point of comedy is to find humor right. the humor in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, do college audiences suck or what? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, you know, it's... it's that's, that's, Are that's, people too sensitive? That's frustrating. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're too sensitive, but I understand why a comedian wouldn't want to perform at a college. I get that, too.
0: Yeah, so I just wonder, like, how you see that now, if you feel like that is something we should think about. Like, why is everyone so sensitive?
1: Or you know, not, or... I think a lot about a comment you made in a more recent podcast where we were talking about. Oh, Joy Coy! We were talking about. I always say Joy Coy. That's not his name. Joe Coy. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about how oh, giving the microphone to people who are not white and not like cisgender males mm-hmm. uh, allows for us to hear more stories and the the actual experience of, of, I don't know, the comedian and like when it's their life and their story, tell all the jokes. I think we're seeing more representation in comedy. It's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. The scales are still tipped, but I am seeing more like trans comedians who are a- talking about being trans and making jokes that, you know, we, that are, are, are not like, who am I to say what's tasteful and what's not, or what's allowed and what's not. But at least it's from the perspective and from the, the mouth of somebody who experiences that rather than at the expense.
0: Mm-hmm
1: of those individuals.
0: Yeah. Because there is an element of punching down. Yeah. That has been the rule for all of comedy. Yeah. And we're just supposed to be like tolerant of everything. If it's, Oh, it was a joke, which happened Mm -hmm. a lot during the like Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Anytime they would say something really offensive, they would all be like, what I was joking as if that's Mm -mm. some sort of then free pass. Um, I like to hear Jerry Seinfeld talk about how if you're going to do, we talked even with Bill on the show, like, can you do a rape joke? Like, can you Mm -hmm. do a Holocaust Mm -hmm. joke? Jerry Seinfeld always says the humor and the inventiveness of the joke has to correlate with the level of offensiveness. So if it's really offensive, it better be really funny. Right. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. So you probably shouldn't because you're probably not that fucking funny.
1: Right. That. Yeah. And unless you're really confident about what, like uh, oh, I can never remember. What is her name? Who makes the joke about Rape. it? Yes. That is the That's best freaking joke. And that yeah. is like a way to oh, shine a light on, on something, mm-hmm. but through humor and that takes—you have to be very smart and very good at crafting jokes and knowing the, the the art of of comedy to be able to do that. I think.
0: And you have to admit that if if Bill Burr up oh. referring to it as oh. rape, nope. it would sound flippant and dismissive yes. and diminishing. Correct. So, like, context matters. Who's 100%. the speaker? It matters. Yes. Yeah. Um. You told a funny joke on there that I mean I guess it's offensive, but it uh, to me it was funny enough. Do you remember the joke? It was no. Jew, it was about a Jew. Oh, what Looking really? <laughs> I don't even know. It was a joke. I think that your ex had told you, and it was something oh. like, um, "My ex
1: is Jewish." Let's like,
0: yeah, yeah, like yeah. That He's out. Jewish. So, <laughs> um, that a boy went to his dad and said, "Can I?" have $10 and something like the dad was like, you want, you want $10. Why would I give you $5? <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. Like, uh, you know, the joke is like maybe that they're cheap or something like that. But your delivery of it was so funny to me because you were like racing through it. Cause you know, you probably knew like, I'm not Jewish and I don't know, but it was really funny
1: i have one good joke but it's oh, gonna wow. offend it's gonna uh, first of all let me start this by i married a jewish guy so oh no oh, so, this, is wow. this is about to it but i just i thought it was funny so this is the only joke well the funniest joke i have right now uh just so you know where you're about to lose like two thousand subscribers but go ahead i know Go for it. Should I do it? Yes, you absolutely have <laughs> so to do it. She's out. looking at me. A little, a little Jewish boy asks his dad, Hey, dad, can I have 20 bucks? And dad goes, $10? What do you need $5 for?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are so stupid. You. The best part is how hard you laugh at your own joke. You really ran through that
1: joke. very quickly.
0: It was. It made me laugh. And yeah.
1: so oh, I take okay. that for what it's worth. There you go. Um. I, I, okay. I, I, my jokes have not gotten any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love a format joke. Like I, you love, I like... do. At my first <laughs> me, uh, meeting of, I, I get sometimes I panic and I just say jokes when probably I shouldn't. But the first time I met Eli's brother's older brother, the oldest. And so like, yeah. I thought it'd be a good idea to say, why did the chicken cross the road? Oh God. So oh, why?
0: Why? Because <laughs> this came out of your mouth. Oh
1: yeah, at a dinner table, at at a restaurant. Did he laugh? Mm, more, more of, of a cringe. Uh, uh, more of a uh, what Grown? is it called? Uh, a courtesy laugh. Oh god, Way the worst kind.
0: Uh. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be my least yeah. favorite laugh. And I was like, waiter, can I get a glass of wine? <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Uh, yeah, I should have gone with the Jewish joke. That would have probably been better.
0: <laughs> I Might have. Try it next time. <laughs> Just be like, is this offensive? Um, that's a okay. great way to start a joke. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, uh, I was listening to, on YouTube, Joe Rogan interview Louis C.K., mm-hmm. which, you know, that's a dynamite scenario joe right rogan.
1: there oh lord
0: and this was recent and this was joe rogan being like i love that you won the grammy i love that you oh, you know put out a special and you don't give a fuck you know it's just like yeah, he clearly sh-
1: doesn't give a fuck because he looks more and more like a sex offender the older he gets why is he leaning into that get different glasses for fuck's sake
0: okay <laughs> louie yes i know yeah it, it's a bad choice right He said that, you know, when he's going to create new material, he goes to small clubs and tries it out Mm -hmm. and that it's not meant for the general consumption yet. Mm -hmm. He's crafting it. He's molding it. And sometimes that means you do like offensive material, but then you work it over months Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that he uh, is regretful that social media makes it so that things get recorded and released and then you're held accountable when that was never your intended audience and the mm-hmm. the intended audience should matter like mm-hmm. the way you I talk to you privately is definitely different than I talk publicly yeah and maybe that's okay and I do think it's important to consider this stuff but maybe he's the wrong messenger
1: yeah for sure <laughs> uh what do you what's your feeling on the turning in of cell phones at comedy clubs and what do you think about that
0: um i don't love it to be honest i, I get i it. knew
1: you were going to say that mm-hmm. for some reason and i but don't you know like why. it
0: we'll
1: you're glad it. They, they do love anytime they make me give up my phone
0: <laughs> i don't mind giving up my phone i'm certainly not going on my phone during a comedy right. show um, what i what kind of irks me is this um the way that comedians take themselves so Uh, seriously mm -hmm. like this is art and we can't share it and it's private and it's not left on the internet and okay now you're arbiting like what Uh people are allowed to consume and wear like fuck off you're the court jester (laughs) like it just feels a little too self-important for me
1: Uh uh-huh and she's saying that as a stand-up comedian so
0: but I get it because people are assholes and do dumb stuff with their phones at comedy shows. Right, right. So I get both sides, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> and um, okay, so cancel culture. Uh, I would say, um, I the people that, like I said, my favorite was Brian Regan. I can't stand him now. I think his comedy sucks. Right. I think I do he's too. Into the crapper. I mean, he has one joke and it's like that voice he does when yeah. he's trying to like imitate like a dumb guy. And yeah. it was funny the first time. And I was like, wow, what a guy.
1: Right, and I'm right. Stop.
0: And then I said, I did not like David Tell. I do love him now. So i yeah. like, hey, I've changed. I don't know. Who would you <sighs> say is your current favorite comedy voice?
1: I would say Michelle Wolfe is one who i really enjoy and i've now i've seen her i went and saw her in denver and i just went by myself i really wanted to there were like some tickets still available because one of her like flights got canceled and she had like an extra show she was doing i'm like oh my god i'm there and i managed to get tickets to a formerly sold out show previously sold out. what was it like live what did you it, think? I loved it because it was in a very small, like down, like basement kind of like That's comedy awesome. cellar, the best kind. And she was working out new material for the Bill Burr, for, like some comedy oh, special yeah. she did mm-hmm. with, I think or she was Netflix. on that one, or the Netflix, mm-hmm. like Netflix, Netflix is not is a joke. A joke. Yeah, or, um, yeah, Netflix is a joke. Uh, uh, so she was doing that that working out material thing. And it was fun to see, like, I saw, I want to say I saw her live twice, maybe, because I remember see, hearing the same joke three times and hear, and and being like, when I finally saw it on Netflix, being like, oh, good, that, good. I, I like that. That was yeah. a good, that is good cool. redo. Yeah. And it was fun to watch how the delivery changed and mm-hmm. watch how based on where people laughed and, and, and I don't know, it was just fun to kind of see that process of, I've never really experienced that with a comedian before.
0: I love that. Yeah. I love a, a small venue. Wait, who did we see? Did you and I see Jay Leno at Comedy no. Magic Store?
1: You. And, we've I love seen that. a few though. We've seen... Oh, well, we saw that guy that does all the crowd work. We see Ian Bragg. And not only do I see Ian Bragg when I go and pay to see him at a comedy show, like, go actually, like, sit in the audience, but I also run into the guy in real life. I sat next to him on an airplane one time, coincidentally. That's and I was like, how come I can't stop running into you? I was on his, I, a guest on his, on his podcast. Like I, you know, that he invited me to, but like, I keep randomly yeah, running into Yeah, he this. just showed up? Like, right, right. <laughs> like, it's like, he, he just pops up and, you know, I'll be like, go into another comedy show and he'll be the opening, like be like opening for them or like, how, what, how, how are you here? So I think it's so around. cool
0: to see a comedian live. Oh, it's the best. It's really Special if you get to do that.
1: We saw Ellie Wong together.
0: Yes, we did. That one was fun. We saw. Eliza I imagine her pregnant.
1: She wasn't pregnant. She was not pregnant, but, but we definitely like, like, imagined yeah. I imagine her like that too. Yeah, except yeah. I feel like I got us the tickets to that, and I got us terrible tickets.
0: Well, sometimes that's all that you can get. Yeah,
1: maybe that I was it. it. But we were like Find right next seat. to a pole. I hated oh, that. Oh
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always fascinated by comedy and how it changes and what makes me laugh. My current favorite is... Yeah, who's um, your favorite? Sam Morrill. M R M O R R I L. He is... He makes me laugh every day on Instagram. Sam. Oh! And on Netflix his special is tremendous. He does a lot of crowd work.
1: Oh, let me see. M-O-R-R-E-L. Me He's see.
0: Jewish and he does do Holocaust jokes and it Makes me laugh, so... that's. I don't one.
1: even know him! You gotta follow him. Oh it's- my gosh! Okay, I, I take it back. The funniest stand-up that I have seen recently is this guy named... Uh, I think his name is Shang Wang. It, it, let me like make sure I'm saying it right. And it's a Netflix special, and it's produced by Ali Wong.
0: Oh, I haven't seen it yet.
1: Susie, I have... We've told so Eli and I watched it. We've told so many people about this. You will laugh. We laugh. We were laughing so hard. We have to pause the show <laughs> so we can laugh. Finish. I know that this before we get to the next joke. Never have I laughed harder. Okay, it, I, I'll make I, you a I, deal. So I'll watch that one. And everybody, yes. Yeah. You watch
0: Sam Morrill on Netflix and tell me what you think. Um, Mark Norman is great. Nate He is great. You know what? I have a confession. I do not love very many women comics.
1: Shang Wang, S-H-E-N-G, Wang. Um, You do not love very many women comics. Not too many.
0: And I don't know, maybe I have a problem. Or maybe women aren't funny,
1: right? Right, guys? Right, right, guys? (laughs) Am I right? Right, guys? And she doesn't mean guys like all of
0: us. Yeah, Yeah, specifically. Uh, Specifically men, right, men?
1: (laughs) Yes, we (laughs) know.
0: Probably a lot of it has to do with sensibility and you know your personality, but I tend to not
1: love them. I just last week went to a comedy show that was there were like students, comedy students, but like the level three class. So like this yes. is like maybe they've been doing They're it graduating. for a little while. They're yeah, totally. Yeah. It was twelve comedians, and I think ten. Of them were women. I was so surprised they were all women. Awesome. Nine oh. of them were hilarious. So, oh, no, <laughs> okay. They were okay, so okay, okay. funny. So, okay. so, so funny. In fact, there was one who made some amazing jokes about uh uh what are you, Gen Z or Gen, Gen no, Gen X. Gen X. Mm-hmm. I I was like, oh my god, I want to. I want to meet this woman after the show because I need to introduce her to Susie because these two would laugh so hard together. Aww. And they like she, uh, there were a few women where I'm like, I want to be friends with you guys. You there, they were, and there's one woman, it was our first time ever doing stand up, like live. She was arguably the funniest one up there. And she was just telling a story, and it was so good. I'm like, what? All these women are crushing it. The men ain't. Okay. That's encouraging. Yeah. So that's I wonderful. was, so I'm wondering if maybe it's because they were making jokes that I got, like it, it felt like it was relatable a, and, to you. Yeah. And maybe yeah. the women that get promoted or the women that, that get the attention they there, I was like, dude's picking them and Oh. Maybe we're not getting a good representation on Netflix and on the in these of of what female comedians comedians mm-hmm. that are female. Uh, I uh, want to
0: watch huh? the Kate Berlant show because she got so much press in like the New Yorker, New York Times, and it feels like this high minded style of comedy that mm-hmm. people seem to love. So that's on Netflix and I got to watch that. And it was nominated for a Grammy. So whoa, it's okay. Good.
1: Yeah, I've never. I don't even know if I know. She's what that like is. real
0: smart. That's my impression. Because you know the Bo Burn. Yes.
1: Oh What's my gosh, called? I love that one. Burnham. Bo oh, Burnham, yeah.
0: He produced her special, so I think it's oh, in the same great. like yes. you know, not an idiot level. Yeah.
1: Yes. Anyway,
0: I just one thing I will say, and I hate to say this because I really like Bill Dixon, he and I was so glad he came on the show. Yeah. But like listening back, it. Maybe it was because our podcast was so new and I don't know. It just felt like he was sort of like not taking us seriously and that we see Uh like he was sort of like, okay, like maybe like a little eye rolly. I bet
1: for a lot of those comedians, like Beth Sailing has a joke about being on a podcast and what do you get from it? You get a water bottle and one new fan. (laughs) like a like a a bottle of water like here you go here's like a are you thirsty here's here's your bottle of water (laughs) a new fan and it's true so maybe he's like i've done you know queens like do all they go they do all the podcasts so maybe it's just in that and you're right we were brand new yeah you're just like who thought we were doing anything serious at 12 episodes i didn't
0: love it though i mean i'm uh, a doctor bill right come on right like I'm mm-hmm. and I'm a really reality star, it. Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that could just be me being sensey, wency. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's my take on our comedy one, and I would say people should listen to it because man, did we laugh! Oh, I'm gonna it listen. A, it's a real joyful experience to and, to take part in. So there you go. I love it. Thanks for listening, everybody, and please be sure to let us know when we get things wrong, but do it with tenderness and
1: kindness. Yes, I've been reading your reviews, which I just love. So thank you guys thank you so much, much thank you, for the wonderful thank you. reviews. You're so special to us, and we really appreciate all you listeners. And we'll we see love you the next you. one.
0: Bye, Bye, everybody. Well, what can I say?
1: We'll mess up we get